is Your Working Life, a podcast that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. I'm a speaker and a career and executive coach. And today I welcome Chris Taylor to the show. Chris, I am over the moon to have you on the show. We are friends and also colleagues. So it is such an honor to have you on the show. We're going to talk about your brand new book and how you took control of your life and career becoming a consultant. Welcome, Chris. It is so wonderful to be here and to share my message. And it's always, as you know, especially wonderful to do any type of work with you, Caroline. So I'm excited about our conversation and um, the opportunity to help others do um, some things that are important to them that add richness and meaning to their lives. That's awesome. Chris, thank you so much. I know we are kindred spirits in that space, empowering people in their life and career. So you've got this gorgeous new book that I am literally holding onto, and it is so beautifully produced and written, and I'm eager to dive in. It's called Owning It. Take control of your life, work, and career, the joys, opportunity, and risks of becoming a consultant. So let's back up because you have been rocking the consultant world for a while. And in the book, you talk about very specific research that by the year 2028, over 50% of the workforce will be independent. That that blows my mind, over 50%. I mean, I'm a side hustler, I get it. But what factors are creating this shift, Chris? Yeah, I agree with you. I was startled. We did some market research and we found that number and I checked it and double checked it. And it is startling. However, there are a number of factors. Let me say that. It's complex. But if you have to strip it down to the one big thing, it's technology. And I want you to think about the way technology plays into this. Technology has created so much disruption in the business world, right? Uh, Companies have shorter and shorter lifespans. New products and services come up much quicker. And so what that has done is it's reshaped organizations with this need to be more nimble and flexible and adaptable. So it's hard virtually impossible for an organization to say, hey, Sue, we want you to come and work for us and we know what you're going to do for the next 10, 20, 30 years. So technology creates that churn in the business environment, which means companies increasingly are putting together what I call a plug and play workforce. They've got they've got an immediate need. They, they source the talent both inside and outside the organization. On the other end of that is technology enables people like you and people like I and many, many other people to do really high quality work virtually and seamlessly. We've got software, resources, the ability to connect across the globe. So technology has enabled this move into independence. It's done a lot of other things. I'll just mention one more is it also has accelerated the the way that we learn and acquire knowledge and then apply it. And so the skills that we acquire, typically in college, tend to have a shorter and shorter half-life. So businesses and industries and organizations are looking for those people who are out there with cutting-edge skills. And oftentimes, they're not the skills they have in their current workplace. So there's a number of things, but at the root of it all is technology. 
Tell me a little bit about generational shift, because clearly our millennials and our Gen Z population are very entrepreneurial minded. They're digital natives, and we we see that shift in their workforce. But what about what about the the Gen X's like myself and the baby boomers? Are are they also moving toward that independent consultant work in in the future? Yeah. And actually, this was another thing that surprised us as we've gotten into this market and started to understand who is out there doing consulting. My initial opinion or belief, and it was what we based our original business plan on at Leap, was that folks look like me and and like you, like we had been in an organization. We had 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years under our belt, we were expert at something. And then toward the the latter part of our career, we stepped out and did consulting. That is still very much the same. That's a very prevalent model of go into an organization, learn, understand how organizations work, get some technical expertise, and then go out on your own. However, one of the most interesting things I think is that high quality talent, the millennials that you talked about, Katie, my business partner in Leap is a great example, are going straight from college into consulting. There's a great Harvard Business Review article that talks about, it's called the rise of the super temps. And it's this notion that the emerging talent that's coming out of our universities and colleges is recognizing that they can apply their skills. Some are freelancing, some are side hustling, but more and more, even folks coming out of some of the top schools are stepping directly into consulting. And so what started with Leap is originally we were saying, and this is Leap will help you make the, the transition from corporate to consulting. We now say it could be corporate to consulting or college to consulting. That's really cool. I think that's a really neat generational shift and says a lot about how exciting that generation is in the workforce. Oh, yeah. So they're going to do big things. They, they already are. Absolutely. Yeah, I ex- exactly. So what I loved reading your book is actually hearing your voice. And I know you. So I, I had that uh, added benefit of knowing you, but it just spoke to me and it resonated so much. And you talk about this fairy tale myth that we have about the work of the world of work. And you really believe that we need to debunk that myth about professional careers. So talk to us about the fairy tale. Yeah. And it was certainly drilled into my head. And even as I've taught college recently at the college level, students come to me and their parents and their peers and their advisors are telling them the same thing. And the fairy tale goes like this, study hard, get into the right school, work hard, graduate, get that job with the right company, work hard again, work, 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 work. And then at the end of 30, 40, years, whatever, at the end of your career, then you're going to step back and enjoy life. What we're seeing, and technology again is accelerating this, are shorter and shorter career cycles. And so that fairy tale, there are not many jobs where you're going to hire on with that really perfect company and have a job for life. There just aren't. Um, And the idea that you're going to learn something right now get your technically technical grounding in a skill that's going to pers- to last for 10, 15, 20 years is also false. So here's the new cycle that's emerging, and I think we need to acclimate itself. And I'm excited about it. So the, the new cycle are shorter and shorter su- uh, career cycles. So you will learn, you will perform, you'll go out and work and earn money and perform and apply those skills that you've learned. And then you'll take a bit to recharge 
reinvest in yourself, relearn, and then you'll repeat it again. So you may have five, six, seven of these shorter bouts. Now, what I love is it gives people the opportunity to continually reinvent themselves, number one. And secondly, it gives you these opportunities, perhaps when your kids are young, to take a year off and travel the world. We see people doing that. Um, So I think that idea of looking at where do I want to take my career in the next three to five years is helpful. And then what have I learned? What do I want to do next? And how do I get ready for that next piece? So thinking of it more in chunks or this continual cycle of learn, perform, um, relax, recharge, relearn is really, really helpful. And it's what we're seeing as the actual trend. Now we need to tell ourselves those stories and adjust our life and our career cycles to those. And you know what I love as uh, someone who is older and wiser in the um, generation uh, X, because I didn't have the courage to do that entrepreneurial thing in my 30s, but now I have that wisdom. And it's wonderful to see younger professionals taking advantage of enjoying their lives now and not saying I have to put that on a shelf and wait, you know, until I've earned uh, the right to have fun and, and to enjoy my life and be happy and healthy. So I just love that shift because people are really embracing life as well as career. And I think that's a good thing. I think that's an excellent thing. It's a healthy thing for both individuals and families and organizations and communities without a doubt. Chris, we'll be right back after a quick break. Your working life is powered by your stories. We want to hear more from our listeners about your experiences in the workplace. Tell us what challenges you've overcome or tips you've learned along the way. And even better, if you don't have the answers, let us know what issues you want to know more about. We want this podcast to serve all of your working life needs. Send me an email at caroline at carolinedowdhiggins.com. So Chris, you started your first firm, Evergreen Leadership, in 2004, and you've been honored as one of the top small leadership development firms by the Center for Creative Leadership. But here's something I want the audience to know. So many people that I work with as a career coach say, gosh, I can't become a consultant because you know I've got the, the golden uh, handcuffs of a great gig with wonderful salary and benefits, and how am I going to make that money? So I, I appreciate your transparency saying, for the last 15 years, you've earned over $100,000. That's significant. That's a wonderful income. So one, I'd love for you to speak to that, but also what have been some of the best parts of this as a career choice for you? Yeah, let me talk money first because that's important, right? Um, When I made the decision to go out on my own, I was the primary wage earner for my family. So it was scary. However, what I recognize in retrospect is that I have consistently earned more money and in much more control of my income potential than I ever would have been in an organization. And when I say in control, it means the more I invest in myself and my skills, the more money I can make. The more I approach my business strategically, the more income potential I have. So it's not just going to happen. You've got to work it, but it's there. But money aside, because I believe there's a whole lot more to our lives than just work, for me, there are three 
overarching pieces that make this such a, a wonderful career. And I, I list about six in the book. There are different reasons that people do this. But for me, here are the big ones. The first is, is that it gives me some control over my life and how I show up. And the, with that, the flexibility to more seamlessly integrate my life and my work. So for example, my parents, as they were approaching the end of their life and they needed more of me and they were six hours away, is I could readjust my client schedule and spend time with them as well as time at work. When my daughter had twins, the same thing. Um, I've been able to take five weeks vacation this year and really step away and enjoy it. So I've got much more flexibility to, to build my life in the way I want. So that's one flexibility. The second is, is that it's enabled me, and over the course of 15 years, you start to see these patterns emerge, is I can continually to, to sharpen my focus on the work I really love to do, the work that I'm good at, the work that, that I find purpose with. And so that ability to continually shape and do more of the work you love. You know, I'm not doing the endless meetings or I don't have the projects that were assigned to me and I've got to say yes. Um, and so I spend most of my time doing work that fills me up. The third is that it provides me a really healthy challenge. My MO, if you look back at my career, is about every three years I would zig or zag. It was like, oh, I'm bored. I want to try something new. I need a new challenge. Well, consulting is a challenge every single day. And each new client brings with it some challenges. Um, I can continually hone my own skills. So for me, the challenge of doing this is something also that really resonates and is important. Good stuff. You know yeah, what I'm is. so grateful for in the book too, your willingness to be vulnerable, right? And to be transparent. And you talk about mistakes that you made along the way. And I know you and I share the fail forward mindset, right? Mistakes are recovery opportunities. So walk us through one <laughs> mistake that you made that you know that you learned a great deal from. Yeah. And let me just frame it a little bit is you will make mistakes. Make note, you will. Uh, you'll have client engagements that don't go as well as you wanted. You'll misjudge the market. And, but you'll, I, I love your word recoverable or fail forward. I, I think that's, there's some learning. In fact, one of the compelling factors for Leap is that I hope people can learn from some of the mistakes I've learned, I've made and that they don't have to repeat them. They'll make different mistakes, but you will make mistakes. It's not fail proof. One of the, I think there's a mistake that, shows up in different ways for me at times. And that's not being as courageous as I need to be with some clients. Um, the real value we can bring as independent consultants is speaking hard truths. And for me, as somebody who likes to be liked and likes to be very helpful, sometimes that's hard. And so over the years, I've gotten better at speaking hard truths and getting at the core of the issue. But I can remember one engagement in particular where had I spoken some hard truths, I think we would have ended up in a much better place. Got it. Speaking hard truth is a journey. My goodness, it I is, work on that is. every day. Absolutely. So Chris, you have this vibrant consulting practice. However, that's not for everyone. So what are some other ways that professionals who want to consult can flex those muscles, right? We've got this global listening audience and I can just imagine there are women and men saying, okay, what, what can I do? 
right? So help unpack that. Yeah, absolutely. And I will first say for many of your listeners who are in an organization as an employee and in a staff function, you actually are consulting. You are an internal consultant. And so learning how, if you're one of those people in those roles and you're saying maybe consulting on my own is something I want to do in the next five or year, 10 years, is reframing your role, which it truly is a consulting role. You do not have line responsibility as a consultant and honing your skills internally is a great first step. Other good next steps to test the water and see if this is for you is um, side hustles are awesome. Pick up an engagement that you can deliver on the weekend or take a bit of vacation to do. So side hustles are great ways to test it to test your market, test your skills, test your compatibility. You might also, we find a lot of people who find that subcontracting is a great way for them. And what that looks like is you find an organization that's sourcing um, contract or freelance labor and you work with them. So you end up delivering the work while the, the onus of that organization is to find the work for you. And so that gives you an opportunity to hone your consulting skills, see what it's like to to work with different clients, start to get a sense of the work that you do best without that pressure of having to find the work on your own. Now, there's a downside to that because they're going to take a chunk of your income for that work that they've done in finding the work, managing the work, managing the client. It is worth every penny that you take. I will say that, that they take because You've got to ask yourself, I believe, if you're really going to go out with your own brand, do you really want to both do the work and work in the business and on the business? So do you want to do that marketing and sales piece? Or would you prefer to do more just straight consulting and work with an agency that's going to find the work for you? Got it. So Chris, you've been doing this for a while. And in your experience, is there is there one thing in particular that trips people up more than anything else as they consider going out on their own? One barrier or one roadblock? Yeah, I'm going to list two. And oh, it's been okay. interesting as we started Leap about three years ago and working with people who want to make the leap from college to consulting or corporate to consulting is we interact with a lot of different people at a lot of different stages from just thinking about it to I've gotten started to I've got it started, but I need to get better at what I'm doing. And over that time, you start to see patterns and trends. And the number one one I would say is the the thing that holds people back is they just don't keep working on it. They say things Mm -hmm. like, when I get this much more money, when we get this project done, they've got lots of reasons and they may be valid. So I can tell the difference almost immediately with those people who are quick to take action. Now I'm going to sort that out. Quick to take action doesn't mean they've wildly (laughs) throw themselves in the marketplace, quit their job tomorrow. Um, One of our most rewarding leap client relationships is with somebody who's been very methodical in working a three-year plan to move from their her job into consulting. And she's doing a really good job, but every day she does something to move her forward. So that ability to take action and the people that freeze, get worried. Um, in the book, I talk about resistance. I think that's big. But if you're not willing to actually take even a few small risks, you're not very going to be, I think, very successful in this work. The other piece that I see trip people up once they get into it is under, underestimating the fact that you've got to run a business and also do consulting. Right. And so they get kind of stymied by the marketing and the sales piece. 
but the first one's the biggest is that uh, being a self-starter, willing to take a risk. And they don't have to be huge risks. Just keep moving. Yeah. And I love the the concept of, you know, the baby step will get you there, right? Oh, it yeah. might take you longer, but that's okay. Do something right, that's right. to move that needle. That's right. So, so Chris, you mentioned Leap a couple of times. Tell us more about that because that is this exciting new part of your repertoire. Uh, and I'd also like for you to tell listeners out there who are thinking about stepping out on their own, how Leap might help them. Yes. Um, so, and it may help your listeners to know that I founded Evergreen Leadership at the age of 50. So um, I certainly wasn't a spring chicken when I did that. And it's 15 years and going strong. I love that work. And then as, um, so three years ago, so do the math, I'm in my mid 60s at this point. I had an opportunity through some teaching of consulting that I was doing at Purdue to meet Katie McNamee. She was a student turned intern. And she said to me coming out of college, she wanted to start her marketing firm. And I struck a deal with her that said for every 10 hours that you work for me, I'm going to give you an hour of coaching. And it was so much fun. I got so much reward out of it. So together, we have formed Leap. We are co-founders. And at Leap, we help people take that move, either from college to consulting or corporate to consulting. And we say we do that with support so that you're, you're supported as you go, you're a little bit smarter as you go, and so that you get there faster. We offer a number of free resources online including a free excerpt of my book, um, a good business 101 checklist, lots of blogs, lots of uh, recorded webinars. So there's lots of free stuff if you go to leaprightnow.biz. The second thing is if you're really serious about it, one of the things I want you to know is you will invest in yourself and it's a really good thing to invest in yourself. We offer what we call the launch series. It's a six session piece that talks about the business of consulting and how it is you define your value in the marketplace. How do you define your ideal client? How do you market? How do you sell? Folks can take those either on demand, which means you sign up for the class and you go through the modules at your own pace, at your own rate. You can review them at whenever you want. We also, January 7th of 2020, will be offering one that's live. And so you'll join a cohort of people as we walk through those um, six leap lessons on how to launch your consulting business. Good stuff there, all in the, the the aim of supporting and helping people who want to step into consulting with their own brand, get there, we say smarter, swifter, and with support. That is awesome. Well, and I will echo that. I've been on your website. It is extraordinary. And I would strongly encourage all of our global listeners to check it out. Chris, thank you for joining me on the show. I always learn something from you and I'm grateful for that. And I just love, love, love the book. Thanks for having me. Um, I We'll finish as I started. It is just a joy to do work with you. And so I appreciate the opportunity to spend this time today with you. Thanks, my dear. And hey, I want to remind our listening audience of the book title. It's called Owning It, Take Control of Your Life, Work, and Career, The Joys, Opportunities, and Risks of Becoming a Consultant by Chris Taylor. And of course, it's available on Amazon and major book retailers. And if you like our show, subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. And even better, leave us a review. You know why the reviews help? It helps people find us online. So thanks for considering that. And let us know what career-minded issues you would like to feature on a future show. And I will certainly consider.
consider that. You can find me on Twitter at C. Dowd Higgins. And a special thanks to my podcast colleagues, Laura Deck, Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Claire McInerney, Executive Producer. Thank you for making our show awesome for the global audience. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. Thanks for listening.